I love about this game is like it starts out and it's like, oh, okay, this is a slightly different take on bowling. We're like somehow launching the balls off of the seats. Right. But then it takes that idea and it takes it a few steps further. Basketball challenge. Heck yes. Barbershop challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, How, oh yeah. my goodness. I gotta cut some hair. Just with a precision instrument like a bowling oh, ball. Oh, look at that. Welcome to Fun Games with Serious People. My name's Colleen Macklin. In this episode, we're talking to Rob Dubbin. Rob is the CEO of Scripto, a collaborative scriptwriting platform that he founded with Stephen Colbert. Before Scripto, Rob wrote for Colbert for eight years and got a lot of fancy awards like four Emmys, four Writers Guild Awards, and a pair of Peabody's. Rob is also an avid coder, Twitter bot maker, and maker of video games. We're going to play the video game Alfonso's Bowling Challenge. Uh, I want to give you all a spoiler alert. We're giving away a big reveal about the game in the beginning. So if you don't like spoilers, I recommend you hit pause and play Alfonso's Bowling Challenge right now. It's a short game, and it's free online. The link is in the show notes at FunGamesWithSeriousPeople.com. All right, let's get started. I mean, that's the thing. When I when I first met you, mm. I met you because uh, you moved uh, uh, out into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was already there. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, uh, we got we had the chance to hang out. Yep. And you started talking about some of the stuff you're doing in AI, and I was like, wait a minute, how does this how does this connect? Comedy, AI, and then you introduced me to this game. Yep. You are a connoisseur of games. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I mean, literally anything you recommend, I like immediately go out and get and play. Um, and today we're going to play a game, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff you've done uh, 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 out in the middle of nowhere. Sure. And yeah. also Happy to. right here in New York City, where we are excited to have mm-hmm. you um, uh, at the new school. But we're going to play tonight Alfonso's Bowling Challenge. Alfonso's Bowling Challenge. I, I have to admit, I also discovered this on Twitter. I have to give okay. Twitter credit for Alfonso's Bowling Challenge. And it's because I follow... I, I, um, there's another account called Pico8 Tweets that oh. just follows and retweets anything with the hashtag Pico8, which is the amazing platform that this game was created for. Um, so that was how I found it. It was, it was the, its creator, Kitten Master, announced... Alfonso's Bowling Challenge, his new game, and um, so so I, I played it, and it was it, it's just it's um it's remarkable. This is my 2019 game of the year. No no joke. I mean this 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 little simple. You, you mentioned Pico Eight, and and for listeners out there, uh, Pico Eight is kind of an imaginary kind of eight bit mm. game console system that lives on your computer. It was made by uh, 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 Joseph White, who goes by Zip. Um, as a handle, uh, he runs a company called Lexalawful Games, and it's a. I think he calls it a fantasy console. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's I a, love that. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's an imaginary exercise in in invented constraints. So there's a, a 15 color palette and a limited. It's like 128 by 128 pixels. Um, there's a little sound editor that's baked right in to the editor 
program, and you, you play games from the same module, from the same program that you, you edit them in. So it all feels really, um, honestly, the word I heard him use was cozy. Um, yeah. There's a, 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 a talk he gave at um, <laughs> NYU's practice conference that uh, was called cozy, it was like design, building cozy design spaces. And I don't know, it's sort of where I fell in love with the idea of Pico 8 and it's sort of where I like discovered it. And, and, and I've just, I've always been interested in these games and, and, and making them and playing them. And, and this is like, I don't know. This one really is a showcase for what's possible, what you can squeeze out of it, um, in terms of just like gameplay, comedy, all of it. It's I love it. Yeah. No. It's <laughs> it's it is a true classic, and I'll never forget the moment that uh, uh, you showed it to me. We were we were about to dig into some uh, some waffles. Oh yeah, that, that sounds <laughs> sounds about right. And uh, I my mind was blown. So. Um, I think without further ado, we'll just play a little bit. Yeah, we'll it. talk while we're playing. Um, one of the exciting things I discovered, and, and you just mentioned earlier, um, you can play this two-player. I've never played it two-player before. So we're going to try the two-player I think this is the mode. moment. Yeah, I think we should do it. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this game, about Pico 8. And I also, this is, to me, a unique example of uh, uh, how a game can be funny. And we'll talk about how to be funny. I love it. I think one of the best things about this game is the music. Yeah. So this is a little bit like, you know, it, it's a little counterintuitive. Press O to join. So this is because, <laughs> so this is a console that I think was intended for, and, and in fact has been in, in a lot of places successfully installed as an arcade cabinet. Oh, okay. And so it's there's a there's an O button and an X button as far as the fantasy console is concerned. Now, got it. For a computer keyboard, those map to Z and X. Oh yeah, perfect. Okay, <clears throat> so, so Z o is, is Z. O is Z. So that'll, that'll start it off. What I love about this game is like it starts out and it's like, oh, okay, this is a slightly different take on bowling. We, we're like somehow launching the balls off of the seats, right? Um, which are these like moving green things here. Again, idea whose time has come. This this isn't how I usually bowl. No, it's not. Is this how you bowl? It's a really alternative take on bowling. Yeah. And, you know, it's really innovative, in my opinion, to uh, have the thought, hey, what if we used the seats? Yeah. This game is wonderful because you can't really fail. No. Can you? Well, it's, you know, Alphonse, it's, it's a challenge for other reasons. And, and you gotta let, you have, like, a little bit of control Ooh. over the ball, but not a not ton. Not a lot. It's got to kind of, like, drop it down. It sort of feels like how bowling feels. Wow. <laughs> oh, we shocked him. At least the way I play. I just kind of, like... I try to look like I'm a bowler. I try to do that back leg cross. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. What? Ah. Uh, Alfonso's uh. breakfast challenge? This game's changing right out hey. from under us. Not only are we talking about uh, kind of a different way to launch the ball uh, down the lane, but also we're dealing with gravity, and this bowling alley is, like, somehow vertical. Bird watching challenge. So I think that I think we have to be careful because you you're tempted this? to hit the birds, but you shouldn't hit the birds. You gotta watch them. I want to hit the birds. I don't know. I don't, I don't think know it's when a good you're idea. supposed to hit them. No, you get in trouble if you hit them. That's that's a little bit of wisdom. My brother. Alfonso's, Alfonso's brother's, brother's challenge. challenge. I, man. Oh. You know. Oh wow! There's Alfonso's brother. Alonzo. You did it. I think all you have to do is knock him off the screen. Oh, really? Yeah, because he just gives you networking tips until you do that. <laughs> I feel 
exchange it on Boss us. fight yes. challenge. There oh, it is. Oh, look yeah. at those particles. Really good. I think you, I think you, you did a pretty nice job there. So two-player, it's co-op. Two-player co-op. I really like that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that is the beautiful Alfonso's Bowling Challenge. Andrew, Kitten Master Anderson. Anderson. Uh, who lives, Great I think, work. in Oregon. I, I kind of did a little stalking. Oh, cool. <laughs> on, uh, on Kitten Master's Twitter. Um, I think his spouse did the, did the portrait of Alfonso. Oh, That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. She, I don't think she's contributed art to, to his, to his I works. mean, just even look at the background. The hot dogs, the... Uh. The, the the bowling shoes, the ice cream. It, it really is. It feels like a um, a real bowling alley carpet. And then one oh last joke. Oh my god! This, this game is, is so full blowing. of jokes. Yeah, the fact that when you're done, <laughs> solitaire. you get the solitaire drop. I mean, oh wow, that brings back some real memories. There's just nothing like it. That just makes me feel really nostalgic for um, like hanging out on my 486. Was yeah. It was, or? Well, Windows three point <laughs> one. So yeah, yeah. Where, they would, where they would go. I <laughs> I had um one of the times that I played this game or I was showing it to someone or something. I left the because one of the cool things about Pico eight games is you can just play them in the browser. Oh and wow! I had it open in a browser tab and I just like closed my computer or something and I guess this kept running as like a background process or something. <laughs> and when I opened my computer back up, it was just like oh my covered like, in bowling that? pin trails. Like it had just been running for hours and hours and hours. And it was like running really slowly and like running out of memory. So I think it just goes and goes and goes. And, oh my God, and, and we've done perfect. it. We've, we've, we've beaten the game. Until you get the end of file. Yeah. Awesome. 206 All right. points. Really good. Thank you so much, Kitten Master, for making such a masterpiece. This is the best bowling game uh, since the beginning of bowling games. My not-so-secret hope, now that I'm saying it on a videotaped podcast, is that this um, attention for this game helps create a groundswell that brings us a sequel. Oh, my God. Oh, please. I think, I, yeah. yeah. Like, there's so much more. I mean, the, to have implemented... This is like... Because the thing about Pico 8 that you know you don't necessarily know just playing a cool game like this it's like you only get um eight thousand one hundred and ninety two tokens like like programmatic tokens like there's a limit on how complex the source code for the game can be or oh it my won't God. compile and so and like an equal sign counts as a token and a parentheses counts as a token and like a variable oh name counts God. as a token and so this uh kim master here implemented an entire blackjack system an entire boss fight all this music the scrolling background the moving seats the like system for like alfonso giving you like rpg style dialogue the none of that comes baked in i mean like there's a really nice like sprite editor in pico 8 but the level of sort of like squeezing every last drop of functionality and there's like it's it's you can't just give credit to Kidmaster because there's a whole scene, there's an active BBS, there's a lot of people like sort of like cooperating and competing to do like um, you know just just more efficient implementations right. of like sorting and like little algorithms that if you can plug it into your game you can get some functionality for like not too many tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's also a, a, a this 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 uh, thing called tweet carts where people make Pico Eight games that fit in 280 characters. Oh my god! And you can, that's incredible. That's a fun thing to follow. That's wow. a fun hashtag to follow because people will do all kinds of like. 
tech demos where it's like a fully playable game where you're like, I saw one that was like, you're running into asteroids. And I saw one that was like, just like <laughs> waving grass and all, all these amazing things that people can do with this, like ostensibly very limited system. But yeah, pound for pound, Alfonso's bowling challenge is like, if the aliens showed up and were like, give us your it's, best Pico 8 game, this is the one that the I'm... It's the grail. Yeah. It's the grail. It is. Yeah. And so you speak with some knowledge. Uh, are you a Pico 8 game maker or... I've... Yes. I've um, I've worked on a couple of projects. I haven't I haven't released any of them at press time. I hope by the time yeah, that by this, the time is this out, comes out. Um, I've, I've been working on a game called Hover Gulch, which is like a... a, a um, sort of like a racing game in like randomly generated mazes where you're trying to like um, stunt on your opponents and spin them out uh, uh, from level to level. And um, I've been working on that for a while. I um, um, there's a game designer named uh, Bennett Foddy mm-hmm. who has mm-hmm. used Pico Eight for a long time as a teaching tool. And um, one of his uh, assignments that he gives his students is to take a really old game and try to clone it in, oh, cool. in Pico 8. And yeah. I I started with that prompt and there's an old game called Rally X for that Midway made I know uh, this game. for the yep. you know for arc, for the arcade. The classic. Well, and and I mean I'm not actually his student. I just like heard about this assignment and thought it was a cool starting point and I wanted to use it as a way to learn Pico 8 to like make games by myself. And what was so fun and so genius about the assignment is that because I didn't actually want to clone the game, I just wanted to sort of have a pretense and like a, 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 a place to start. But when you start to try to like clone something, it, it took like zero seconds for there to be a thing where I was like, well, I don't want to do it that way. And <laughs> just branching off and branching off. And suddenly I had a game that was totally different that was like, you know, clearly inspired by and, and Rally X is like, absolutely an acknowledged inspiration uh for the game but the next thing you know you've got something completely different on your hands and Mm -hmm. um i just i thought that was such a brilliant way of introducing a new platform or or introducing yourself to a new platform just having like a really simple task ahead of you where it's organic the creative choices that you make you you get to sort of decide like i'm gonna i'm gonna do my own thing here and here and here and Mm -hmm, have it mm -hmm. come out distinct So I want to talk about some of these themes that we've touched on. Uh, So a couple themes have come out here. First of all, that Rob Dubbin is uh, kind of a a genius of many things. I am. Well, thank you. (laughs) From like machine learning to Pico 8 to comedy writing. An enthusiastic hobbyist of many things. To CEOing. Well. If we can put a gerund at the end of CEOing. uh, We can now. It's happened. It's it's, it's on. (laughs) Um, and uh, so that's that in and of itself is kind of mind-boggling. I want to tease that apart. But the other thing that I think is really interesting about Alfonso's bowling challenge, uh, first of all, the reason I chose it is because it's damn hilarious it's as great. a game. It's if it you, is if you, really funny. If you if you take nothing else from this, please have your own experience. Start it up. Share it with a friend. Watch their reaction to playing it for the first time. There's just nothing like it. It's yeah. great laughing till you're crying um and uh because you can't believe like the next thing is just absolutely astounding uh every level just builds on itself um but the other thing that we were talking a little bit about was constraint Mm. 
right? Yeah. And I know a lot of creative people talk about constraints and the, the sort of role of constraint in their practice. Uh, from the perspective of comedy and writing uh, uh, for different formats, do you think about that? Do you like apply constraints to what you're doing? How does that work? And now you're also starting up, you're, you're a startup, so, so in a big way, obviously you're working with certain constraints. Yeah, no, it's, um, I definitely think for game design, I've always been, I've always been attracted to constrained platforms. Like of the games that I've released, you know, one was a text adventure that, it, um, you know, I, I made with a, a friend, uh, Allison Parrish, who's an amazing uh, uh, programmer and poet and, and game developer. What's the name of that game? Uh, it's called Earl Grey. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a game where you uh, are manipulating the descriptions of... It's a text adventure. We, we wrote it in, in form. And um, you're taking letters out of the words in the description of the world and you're putting them into other words to change the reality based on just like how it's being described. Um, Rob, how come I don't know about this? And I, how come when I was like scouring the internet for yeah, the goods on you, I don't well, did I not find this out? It's a, it's a, at this point, it's over a decade old. We released it in 2000. We entered it into the 2009 interactive fiction competition, and it was the first game I ever sort of released with with my name on it. And um, Allison was somebody that I had met when we were children on the uh, AOL message boards for. Uh, uh, a platform for DOS for game creation called ZZT. Oh my god, I remember this. Which yeah. was actually the first uh, commercial release of uh, a company that at the time was called Epic Mega Games and today is like the makers of Fortnite. Um, so it, it was this incredibly constrained platform where your graphical toolbox was just ASCII, the ASCII character set. So the 255 uh, text characters that you had access to in DOS, you could change them different colors you could make little map mm -hmm. boards and you mm -hmm. could there was a sort of object-oriented programming language that you could use to manipulate these little characters and make them so, interact with so, each other so basically you and allison were the only two members on this aol message board oh no it was i mean <laughs> it was kidding. it was it was i mean believe it or not it was a there were a lot of people who ended up uh becoming really well-known game designers who traced their origins in the in the in the field back to ZZT, oh, like um, uh, Alexis Jansen, who's a, a a big um, I don't know if she's at Wizards of the Coast anymore, but she worked on Magic: The Gathering for like a number of oh years, my God. and she made Incredible. some absolute uh, classics for ZZT. Um, Anna Anthropy um, yes. wrote a really good book about ZZT, just about like the 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 platform and its history, and it's sort of like uh, fertile kind mm -hmm. of uh, you know generator of of um, game design talent and Anna also uh, also a big advocate for easily accessible and constrained tools yeah. in, in a big way yeah totally and um, so I randomly found Allison in the, in New York we were both living in the city and I reached out and I was like what if we made a game together again and and, and so we we made that text adventure and then uh, five years later we made again another game together actually in ZZT called International Jetpack Conference um, that uh, we... Um, you I know, can it imagine just, it already. It was just kind of a fun <laughs> experiment and like, hey, we're not kids anymore. We're actually like grown-ups with like a grown-up grown set of skills. What could we get out of this old, you know, constrained platform? And um, so we that was in 2014 and 
I mean, other apart from those games, I uh, my releases have mainly been like Twitter bots and and and, and jam games and mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I I uh, and I I've I've always worked on projects in the, in, in the I have a couple of like mothballed projects that I would love to release one day, but my it's always only been able. Speaking of constraints, I mean. I've always been constrained by like what my what my my livelihood and my professional uh, having to you know spending time as a as a TV writer and producer and now running a company which is you know creates its own constraints in the form of like you really got to be paying attention to that that's like it's oh, yeah. a lot of a lot yeah. of a lot of focus got to make into, a living yeah and um this, these days but I've always it's always been some kind of constrained platform if I if I really look at it and even just the constraints of like doing a jam um yeah you know it's like oh i have a weekend yeah i can i can put a weekend into like trying to make something here so you're kind of a uh you're a game designer on the side you yeah. fit it in when you can i try um and then you know your day-to-day existence uh what does that look like oh it's all kinds of stuff i mean i it's a um scripto is a remote company so people live we have programmers in oregon uh, CTO in Maine, wow. uh, product director in LA. Um, I live in the Catskills. And so let's talk a little bit about Scripto, though. Scripto is a company that's really focused on making tools for writing rooms, or yeah, like um, professional, you know, TV and uh, aspirationally film environments where you have a script that is sort of the kind of um, blueprint for what's going to happen in mm-hmm. the show. Uh, there's an entire staff of trained professionals who would love nothing more than to make the like graphics or props or set designs or casting decisions that go into like an episode of television and um you know in my own professional experience we i found that the tools really mattered we would you know in the first days of the colbert report we were using old sort of newsroom software that was um kind of like just working in a bunch of different word files and so like uh we all, I think everybody now is like, oh, Google Docs. I know what Google Docs is. I know what it is to collaborate with someone in a document, but we didn't, but just, just much as Twitter did not exist at the time, neither right. did Google Docs. So the first few years of the <clears throat> uh, show we wrote on this kind of like legacy platform that would often get in our way. We would, we would make it, you would make a change, but if you didn't control S to save it, it wouldn't refresh the document for anybody else. And that led to problems where like, like collisions something or... would be cut and then oh, that information wouldn't get to the person who had to um I, literally in one case there was a goat that was cut from a script but <laughs> don't it, cut the goat it had been in the script earlier in the day so a producer was like well we need a goat and if you're gonna put a goat on television there are a lot of rules about like humane sourcing of a goat and so they had called ironically someone upstate to be like bring your show find a showbiz goat down to to New York City to be on television, <laughs> and this is how the TV's made, folks. Well, it was cut. It, it was like the goat doesn't make sense. We're not going to use the goat. But the news of the cut did not reach the producer who had booked the goat. Oh, and by the time it did, it was too late to cancel the goat. So the goat showed up, and I have like a photo of myself uh, from you know almost uh, ten years ago at this point with a goat that showed up at my job in Manhattan. In Manhattan, and um. It was, in a way, it was kind of an inciting incident, or at least like a, uh, a an event that we looked back on and we we're like, what if we had a way <laughs> to get that information sooner? Like, like, like it, it's not 
trivially expensive to to book a goat to 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 to, to change up a goat's day. Yeah. To, to bring it down there. Think you of know, the goat. It had a really lustrous, silky beard that oh. had been sort of combed down for camera and was like, just I, I remember it, it really, really, really fondly. Honestly, it was ready for its debut. But collaborative software is really important yeah. um, as a as a result and collaborative software that understands some of the like formatting conventions of TV scripts in particular um, is also important because you uh, Google Docs is one of those tools that you can kind of use for anything but it, it doesn't it's not going to help you do, in a specific format you're gonna have to yeah. sort of fake it so basically um, we got into the business of providing tools like this to TV shows oh, um, wow, that's great and now uh, now a bunch of shows use our stuff, and it's really, uh, it's cool to be a part of, a subtle part of a, a lot of other people's process. Um, Many goats from upstate New York, thank you right. for this. You because know, they don't like to come into the city. That's a big commute. Don't it's, waste their time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. This, I feel like in, in, in computer software uh, history... Uh, in computer history, you know, Grace Hopper uh, is famous. She was a computer programmer. Um, is famous for finding an, a, like problems in the code that they were running, and it was literally a bug in the machine. An insect yeah. had crawled its way into the machine, um, <clears throat> and uh, I think that your goat moment oh there's God. like a similar thing. Oh wow! Yeah. So like glitches in process should be called goats. They should be called goats. Yeah. There's a goat in our in our day we yeah. had a goat <laughs> the goat back. came down oh or my the, God. yeah i kind of love it yeah we'll work on it but i think i think it actually uh i think it, it could be uh really great and crypto we'll get your goat yeah is that good does that work <laughs> yeah i like is that, that a thing? all right we'll get your goat yeah um well that sounds really exciting and and so as you were talking about that then i started to think even more about how the tools form the the, the kind of experience, both mm. in terms of uh, behind the scenes writing as well as uh, probably some of the outcomes that viewers might see. Um, and how Pico 8 obviously uh, created the constraints in the sort of experience of Alfonso's bowling challenge for us. 100%. You can see, like, oh, he built, I mean, I'm guessing here, but like, okay, he built the system for like the, the generating the kind of alphabet that said like bowling like mm -hmm. that one part where it's scrolling across and like yeah like if you're him you can see being like okay what are other words that start with b what are the letters that i've already sort of designed in the sprite editor because you don't want to fill up your sprites too much with other mm -hmm. with letters and so you know you could see that a lot of them have like letters in common that are kind of remixed and, and put to use and then Okay, so blackjack. Maybe he was like, "I know I want to do blackjack, but brothers, like, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> like it's kind of like breakfast." And 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 so yeah, like like the the knowing what you have to work with, and then getting clever about how you sort of like rearrange it like that. I just, I just think it's um, it's a really good engine for the unexpected yeah. because you can you can really sort of um, everybody's aware in their sort of like. I don't know, reptile brain or whatever of like what's in front of them. And then it's always like, it's surprising and delightful to see that context just like rearranged before your eyes or, or something unexpected pulled out of it that yeah. you're like, well, that's actually, con I didn't expect it, but that's consistent with what I was looking at. And it's just a great way to do, I don't know, punchlines for lack of a better word. They're not necessarily verbal in nature, but they're, they hit you like a, 
like a joke. And yeah. um, I don't know. I just I love that. And I think I, I love I always love games as a context for for doing that because you, as a game designer, you have such fine control. One of the one of the only things that you really do have control over is like the player's attention. Like you can mm-hmm. you know, or, or you're at least in a position to sort of like encourage the player to like look at something and and look at the thing that's moving look at the thing that's blinking look at the thing that's suddenly red and Mm -hmm. once you know that you're there looking at it that's when you can sort of like uh you know hit him over the head with the rubber chicken or whatever like it it it, it, it's um so i love that level of control and that that ability to sort of like set up jokes in in a system yeah, no, I mean, it's beautiful. Um, and just taking that little prompt, right? B, it's got to start with B, bird watching, uh, uh, you know, breakout. Boss um, fight. Boss fight. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, couldn't have been better. Um, that kind of leads towards these re- little revelations for the player. Um, and I'm sure in the creative process, too. Um, I kind of want to know, Kitten Master, if you're listening to this, please... Um, it's somewhere if you haven't already i would love to see the cutting room floor of alfonso's bowling challenge levels or save them for the sequel that you may or may not be working on <laughs> that your adoring fans would love to see absolutely yeah b-roll uh i don't oh, I can wow. think of some good b words right yeah bananas basket weaving <laughs> even better um so Let's talk about punchlines. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, the the mind-blowing thing to me about Alfonso's bowling challenge is that, as you said, it's full of these little punchlines, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it follows through. It really does, you know, if it if it says bird watching, it's about watching birds. Yeah, you uh, better not. Hint, hint. Don't hit him with the ball. Which, you know, whoops. No, it's so it, hard It's such to a punchline do. when it docks your score <laughs> for all the birds you hit. Yeah. I love that. It is such a good, good, good outcome. Um, so, so... How does a punchline work in mm. this game? It's 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 really simple, right? It's it is about your attention and kind of in game design, right? You're leveling up from one idea to the next, yeah. and in this in this particular case, it's getting more and more outrageous. Um, but for for a joke, how is that? How does that? What does that punchline do? What's that lizard brain moment? How on earth do you write one of those things? I don't know. For me, it's 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 like the you'll you'll hear it described as like at most people um, can have a sort of like um, like apples and oranges is like a known expression. So if somebody right. says apples, your brain somewhere is like primed to think of oranges, oranges. and it's kind of like the first association that that you might have, and and you can rely on because culture exists. You can sort of like know like. Hey, this is the sort of like A to B jump that most people would make for this thing. It's like a high high percentage guess, almost like Family Feud, where you're kind of like relying on like what a plurality of people right. would say. You know, survey says. And then it's, I mean, it's it's this is this is probably an oversimplification, but like then the question becomes like, well, what's A to C? What's the what's the thing that like um. You know, is apples and bananas an A to C? Is, mm-hmm. is is you know apples and robots like I you know like whatever, and it's it's all contextual like like uh, something that you know that the 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 player or the 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 audience for your joke has seen or heard is like is 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 fair game for trying to like twist what what you're giving them into something that is both 
unexpected, but also like, I don't know, uh, fair game for lack of a better word, like, right. like in play, even if they don't real, even if it's not top of mind, especially if it's not top of mind, if it's something that you're, it's a little bit of a deep cut or it's, um, if you're in the middle of like, uh, 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 you know, uh, there's a reason that like, uh, callbacks are, are really, what's that? What's a callback? That's like, uh, if it's a, if it's a 20 minute episode of television and at the very beginning of the episode, um, I, 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 whatever, walk in in a mailman costume and I'm like, I'm a mailman now mm-hmm. and something happens. And then later, 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 15 minutes into the episode, um, somebody's like, I have to send in my taxes and they just like sort of hand me the envelope, uh-huh. you know, like, like yeah. it's, it's, that's a, that's a weird example. Don't put that in your show. <laughs> you thinking about Anybody, taxes lately? Not, uh, it's maybe. tax season. Oh boy. It yeah. sure is. It's over now. Well, by the time <laughs> by the says, time's out, hope everybody, everybody, hope that didn't stress you out. If you, if I'm reminding you of your taxes now, it's too late. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, um, Sort of in a legal context, you would you would be like, is that an evidence? Like, has that been introduced into the court of of comedy here? Like, like right? You know, and and so you're always, yeah, yeah. The the there's a setup. There's a setup, and 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 there's a there's a context that you're sharing right. with your audience, mm-hmm. and honoring that context as much as possible. It, it's almost like um, it's almost like being a good friend, like yeah. remembering, and you know. You asked a question before about what is Stephen Colbert like, and I said that he's somebody who remembers what he says and he follows through on it, and that is also what makes him a very powerful comedian. He oh. has a beautiful mind, and he's extremely capable of remembering the minutest thing that he said at the beginning of a piece that came from a meeting that you had two months ago, and he's like, wasn't there a bit about such and such and such? And it's a powerful tool because yeah. it it's it's part of the contextual apparatus that you can use to sort of generate surprising situations that still feel like fair game. Oh, that's great. Um, context is something that I think about a lot from a game design perspective. Where is someone playing something and how can you use that context, yeah. right? Um, but the idea of creating a kind of like shared context through language, right, is really beautiful. Yeah. Um, great. Well, that episode really got my goat. Just kidding. That's my somewhat sad attempt at a callback, one of the comedic techniques that Rob mentioned. The callbacks in Alfonso's bowling challenge are based on levels. Each one is a new joke that upends our preconceptions of what a bowling game is or could be. Which is also related to context. Taking someone's expectation of something and then shifting it. This is a game about bowling. Oh wait, no, it's about breakout. Breakfast? Bird watching? And finally, constraint. One that Alfonso's bowling challenge is all about. Whether it's the limitations of the Pico 8 platform, the fantasy game console that it runs on, or building off a single idea, like a bowling game that becomes other games, but they have to start with the letter B. Uh, Kitten Master, if you're listening, please make a sequel. Uh, maybe with some breakdancing, bingo, billionaires. I wouldn't mind knocking some billionaires down. I want to thank Rob Dubbin for introducing this game to me and sharing some of his comedy trade secrets. In a bit of news, 
During the pandemic, which happened after the recording of this show, Rob and his partner, Stephen Colbert, have made the Scripto Beta available for free so that, as they say, you can quarantine yourself, but not your ideas. You can find a link in the show notes at fungameswithseriouspeople.com. On that website, you can also watch a video of Rob and I playing Alfonso's Bowling Challenge. I want to thank Colin Howarth, our editor and producer, and Yi Chen Ma, our videographer. The music for today's episode is from Alfonso's Bowling Challenge, which you can find and play for free via the link in our show notes. Fun Games with Serious People is made possible through a grant from the New School and Parsons School of Design, where the show is made and where I work. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.